everyone, and happy Bobby Bonilla Day. From all of us here at Ride the Pine, welcome to episode 47 of the show. This is a podcast where two friends discuss sports with a side of anxiety, lots of doubt, and wonder what the hell is wrong with the New York Mets. A lot of things, Dan. A lot of things. As always, I'm Dan, and that voice you just heard was my good friend Tom. How are you, man? And I'm doing fine, and the Mets are doing worse. <laughs> it, it, it really, it, uh, I'm reminded every year at how mm-hmm. dumb the Mets are. Yeah, it's really, it's really a weird story. Uh, go ahead and explain it for anybody who might not actually know who Bobby Bonilla is. So Bobby Bonilla last played a actual Major League Baseball game for mm-hmm. the New York Mets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in 2001. Okay. The contract he signed with them before retiring stated that after retirement, he would be paid on July 1st every year (laughs) in the amount of $1 million with 8% interest. Why? (laughs) Until 2035. Or, if you want to know until how old he is, until he's 72, and he's currently 56. It, like, that, that's this is ridiculous. the life. That's such a good life right there. Now, I will tell you this. Um, I looked up his stats briefly before we started doing the show. He was actually a pretty decent player. He had a, a, a batting average of two seventy nine with a three or point three five eight uh, on base percentage and a four seventy two slugging. So he was actually a decent player. Um, but I mean, what kind of contract is that? I mean, we've heard our bad contracts, like uh, Rick DiPietro. Remember that one? That was a pretty bad one. What about the uh, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk contract? Ilya Kovalchuk, yeah, that's another one. Um, but this one is just ludicrous. I mean, a million dollars for another 20 years almost. That's crazy. What a waste of money. Yeah, well, what I read this morning is that this was an, um, another installment. It was like 1.19 mil and some change, and they have 16 payments left. 16 years of payments. I will have finished my car payment, and I could finish two car payments in that time. And uh, this guy just gets to sit in his house and earn a million dollars a year (laughs) and do nothing. That's pretty nice. It's crazy. It's a a good retirement option. I mean, it was smart by... Bonilla, but like, how oh, boneheaded yeah. are the Mets? He's a genius. If he had anything to do with this, which he may or may not have because it's the Mets, and the Mets may have just done this to themselves, but uh, this is, I mean, think about some of the weird things that um, teams have done with contracts. This one is at the very top because now for the next 16 years, you can't, you have like a, a, almost like a million. Uh, what what is it? One point nine or one point one nine or something? It was like one point one nine, and it's going to be a cap hit every year. And you, you lose that every single year, and it gets worse every year because of interest. Come on, man! The Mets are just the funniest team in baseball, and they're trash too, by the way. <laughs> this coming from a lifelong Yankee fan. Oh oh yeah yeah yeah! I should I should add that. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking of Yankees, before we get to Wimbledon. Yes. I wanted to quick touch on that London series that we saw over there between the Sox and Yankees. What was your take on the historic 50 runs scored between the two teams? All right. So I, I will say this. Um, I was in New York all weekend. 
So I actually didn't really watch too uh, many. Actually, I don't want. I, I didn't watch anything as far as sports. Um, but I was keeping track uh, of those two games on my phone, and I'm just kind of blown away. Uh, I don't know what the game looked like. I, I, I imagine it can't be pretty. The first game was five hours long, number one. And number two, it was like 17-13. That's an NFL score. I mean, if you're if you're taking a new sport to a new country and you just treat them with a five-hour game, I don't know how big the game's going to grow. <laughs> I mean, granted, on uh, the announcers made a good point, is that on er, even like routine fly balls, like, you know, you're watching a game in the States mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, that's a pop-up, he's out. Right. In England, you hear the whole crowd like get up and they're like, "Oh!" Like you hear the uh, whole crowd because they have excited. no idea what they're watching. Ex- exactly, <laughs> which was so funny to watch. You know, I watched both games because, especially Sunday, it was mm-hmm. a ten, 10 o'clock baseball game. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that makes sense, though. I woke up, I get a notification on my phone saying, "Hey, the Red Sox are playing in two hours." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean. Uh, what what happened though, Dan? Like, why was there so many runs? Seventeen thirteen is effing crazy. The first inning, you you told me was the Yankees were up six nothing, and then by the bottom of the inning, they were tied six six. How does that happen? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, both starting pitchers Tanaka and Porcello pulled uh-huh. after not even a full inning. That's crazy. They were both knocked out after just that one inning. Right, and and I just said to myself, "How bad is your starting pitching if you're going to the bullpen in the top of the top of the second? I guess I guess pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, it didn't look like either one of those pitchers were were ready to go. And I I was wondering like how could that be? Because you have two professional baseball pitchers, even if they're the worst pitchers on the team, which they're not. You don't." expect them to give up six runs each no you don't absolutely so something about the travel or something had to really throw them off their game oh so absolutely you're absolutely right you know uh there had to be some sort of jet lag granted i saw what the red sox flew over on there should be no jet lag they were on basically a mini hotel in the air it was ridiculous (laughs) I, i don't i don't know what they were flying on or who paid for that but i was i was looking at that out mr ticket buyer (laughs) I, I I just said to myself, "Who the hell, yeah, paid for this?" Of um, uh, the Red Sox probably did. I mean, this is a big. I mean, think about it though. This is a big event. Um, it's the first ever baseball game played in the in in the UK. You have a chance to um, grow the game, or at least try to grow the game. Uh, and then you have the biggest rivalry in all of sports. Some would say. Uh, which England loves rivalry games. So I think that's a big reason why it was Yankees-Red Sox. Uh, y- you have to go in style. You have to show the the UK. It's like, hey, we're here to play. We brought this hotel on wings. I think it's like a show-off <laughs> kind of thing. You know, it's oh. like you had to impress the crowd. Yeah, and you know, the day two was a little bit better. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox went five and a third, four hits, two earned runs, five strikeouts, and four walks. So he had a better better game. However... The Yankees starter mm-hmm. was Tarpley. Never heard of oh, him. No. Um, back-to-back home runs to um, Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez, and then later mm-hmm. to Christian Vasquez. 
He lasted one inning, four hits, four runs, no strikeouts, no walks. Um, yeah, and so his it sounds ear- like the Red Sox had the advantage. So what happened? Uh, well, what happened was um, this guy for the Yankees came in named Sessa. Who, oh yeah, who went four innings strong, mm-hmm. only allowed four hits, no runs, two strikeouts, and then o- Otavino came in and sure he yeah. shut him down. I mean, I'm looking at these numbers. <laughs> After Tarpley went out, yeah, there were only four hits until um, Adams was brought in, and he only lasted okay. two thirds of an inning and gave up five hits and four earned runs. Oh my god. Well, I, w- I was going to say before that, uh, once the Yankees typically go to the bullpen, once you start seeing those guys, um, they typically do a pretty good job of shutting down the other team. Uh, and then you did have to say that one step. Because this was a high-scoring game too, wasn't it, the second it, game? The second game was 12-8 to was the final. That's ridiculous. That's the, so many runs for two games. The Yankees scored nine runs in the seventh inning. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> it was 4-2 to two until the top of the seventh when the Red Sox decided to just poop themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the Red Sox scored four in the bottom of the eighth, and I was like, oh, we're making it to the game. And then Aroldis Chapman showed up. What and crazy. And it was pretty much game over after that because Chapman so you, is just ridiculous. So what do you think, Dan? I mean, if you're an English uh, person and you're, and you're watching this game – the first game specifically, because that was their first exposure. Maybe not. Maybe they've watched uh, overseas. Who knows? But um, it could be their first exposure to a baseball game. And you see a 17-13 five-hour game. Are you going to be a fan? What do you think? What do you? What would your honest opinion be? Like, Are you going to be excited for the next game? If I'm um, from London and I, went, I was at either one of those games, I'd say, man... Baseball is all about scoring runs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you factor in the time, and you're like, "God, that's a lot of runs, and that's God has taken a lot of time." Yeah. Uh, I mean, five, if you if you have hours. if you have like a four two game, and then like the Red Sox like hit a home run in the bottom of the, uh, the top of the ninth or whatever, and make it four three, and then it's close, and it's like a three hour game. I think that would have been better for the fans. Mm-hmm. But for God's sakes, seventeen to thirteen, really? I, you know what? I don't care so much about the score because I think that's exciting for fans who have never seen it. Like you want to keep them on the edge of their seat. And that's a lot of scoring, but it's the five hour round round. It's, it's, what am I? It's, it's, not it's, golf, it's too Tom. long. Uh, th- that's way too long. Uh, I mean, what, baseball is always way too long. But you know, three hours, okay. But four, then five. It's like, oh my god, I don't know. I, I if I'm an if I'm from London, and I'm watching this. I'm bored out of my mind. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, it seemed it seemed uh, like a a fun couple games for at least baseball fans. Um, and you know, I I'm I'm okay with the result after after well, all that. Why why wouldn't you be? <laughs> you know, the, uh, you went out there and you scored. Nearly 30 runs in yeah. two days. Yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Made Oof. the Red Sox look like a Little League team competing for Cooperstown. I mean, like... Well, yeah, the that's Little the League thing, World too. Series. It was ridiculous. Like, if the... I don't know how or, like, who the fans are going to support, but, I mean, I would imagine that because the Yankees went in and swept the Red Sox in that little mini series, that most of those people are probably going to come out saying, well, 
that that Yankee team was really good. So now you just created yeah, another I, fan I, base in in England. <laughs> Great. I, I will say I will say this: the the fans were pretty much split down the middle of the first game. I'd probably maybe say 60-40 Red Sox. Okay. But game two, I'd say it was like 70-30 Yankees. Yeah, and I bet you if there was a game three, it would have been almost 100% Yankees if if they had won the second game. I think that's just how you, you root for teams. Like Think about when a new team comes to a city. It's like... How do you build? You become a good team, right? Like the like the Golden Knights. If they were a bad team on their first year, they wouldn't have a a, a decent fan base. But now they have a decent fan base because they made it to the Stanley Cup in their first season. So you, you have to be good. And I almost feel bad for the Red Sox because they kind of got crapped on, and it doesn't look good for them. No, there was one fan in the stands who actually had made this double hat. I don't know if you read about this. No, he made a double hat where one side was Yankees. One side it was Red Sox, and then had a half jersey where the front of his jersey was Yankees and the back of his jerseys was a Red Sox. That is so stupid. And what's so funny is A Rod sees the guy goes, "Hey, now that's questionable in the states." He says, "I'm like, no, no shit, A Rod. Like seriously, like if you wear that at the Yankee Stadium, you're probably gonna get the crap beat out of you." Did he give that fan steroids? No, yeah, oh. maybe too soon. No, not too soon. I hate A Rod so much. <laughs> oh, and this, and this was Fox too, and I heard Joe Buck was really not doing that well. <laughs> no, I I will say this: the one downside of this whole series mm-hmm. was A Rod's commentary. Uh, no, oh. A Rod's commentary. Oh. His commentary was complete and utter garbage. Oh yeah. Oh my God! I, I, it was uh, it was to the point where I looked at Bridget and she's like. Do we really have to watch this? I'm like, no. Can we change it, please? That's because that's because you were watching baseball. <laughs> watch this, something else. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Tom. When the first inning is six nothing, and then the Red Sox come back and score six, that was exciting. It really was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. But absolutely. then after by the fourth inning, you're like, okay, I'm over it. <laughs> hey, you want to hear something? Right before I went to New York, the Yankees were playing. <sighs> insert name here. Uh, Tam- was it in Tampa? It, it might. Was it the, the extra inning game? No. No, this was not. So what happened was I I was home, and I get an update saying at 1 o'clock the Yankees are on. I'm like, oh, cool, an afternoon baseball game. I haven't caught one of those in a little while. So I was like, all right, cool. So I turn on the TV, and I start watching it, and the Yankees instantly go down, like, I'm going to say, like, 4 nothing, And I'm like, never mind. I don't want to watch this anymore. So I turned it off. And then all of a sudden, as I'm not watching it, I get an update on the phone that says the Yankees have tied the game. So I'm like, ah, oh, cool. Let me go back to watching it. So I go back and I watch it. And instantly, I say instantly, Dan, and I mean, as soon as I turned the TV on, whoever the other team was hit a three run home run. So I turned off the TV again. I was like, <laughs> Nope, screw this. I went to the gym. I go to the gym, and all of a sudden, again, up there on my phone. What do you think it said? What do you think it said? Yankees take the lead. The Yankees take the lead. I'm like, all right. I'm at the gym. They have a TV. I'm going to watch the game. Turn on the game. Two-run home run for the other team. Yankees are down. I am never watching baseball again. (laughs) I'm so so out of it. (laughs) That's one of those things where that's just like, that's just a cruel, just dumb irony. But I feel like... This happens to me a lot. Like I finally get into sports. I like I do this to Roger Federer all the time. Roger Federer will be rolling in a tournament, rolling, and I'm like, great, I get a chance to watch him. He's gonna win on the major. I watch him and he loses to an unknown. 
I'm like, what? What do I do? How do I jinx these people so badly? I feel so bad. But yeah, that's my luck with baseball. Well, from baseball, we go to one of your favorite sports. Mm-hmm, Speaking mm-hmm. of Roger Federer. Uh huh. Yeah, it was kind of the segue. <laughs> we are going to talk about some Wimbledon. It started We're today. In Wimbledon. Yes, we are in Wimbledon. This is my favorite tournament. I love this tournament so much. It's such a it's such a classic tournament. Um. It's a lot of fun. It's in England, so we're, we're staying in England for our stories. And, yeah, it started today, and it's the first round, so it's pr- what, it, what should be happening today is all the big names make it through to the next round, and the ones who have to qualify to get here go home. But we've had a couple of little minor uh, bumps in the road. Uh, Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, the world number uno, uh, or seed number one, I think. Is Nadal number one? I think he might be because no. he won the French jo- Open. Jo- it's still Djokovic. Djokovic is one. And then Nadal's two. Uh, Djokovic won. He 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 beat uh, Philip Kohlschreiber in straight sets. He's going to the second round. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And you're actually uh, wrong. Nadal is not number two. Who's number two? Federer. Federer? Is it? How is it Nadal not number two? He just won the French Open. Nadal is three. Federer is two. How about that? That's crazy. Uh, okay, well, there's that. Uh, it's fe- the fact that Federer is even in the top three at his age is pretty impressive. It's ridiculous. It's it's amazing. I don't know how he does it. I really don't. Uh, let's see. Uh, you had mentioned before the sh- uh, before we started recording that Gael Monfi uh, ended up losing. He ended up retiring in the fifth set. Uh, he is he's a fun tennis player to watch because he's such a hothead. You know he he. He can he can beat anybody on on the court, but he just gets to, he gets in his own head. He does these little antics and stuff like that. I don't know how he got hurt or if he got hurt. I don't know. I think in the past he has just retired because he didn't want to play. So I'm just saying I don't know what the story is, but it's Monfi. So no one's really shocked. Uh, and then for the men, was there any? Oh yeah, Tsitsipas, the uh, young Greek rising star, was stunned in the first round. Uh, to a, a, an un, uh, to my knowledge, an unknown Italian player named Thomas Fabiano, and I doubt his name is actually Thomas. It's probably Tommaso, because that's what Tom is in <laughs> Italian. <laughs> see that? See that? See that? Uh, and I think that's kind of it for the men's for now. While Rinka advanced, uh, Raonic advanced. Everything else seems except for, oh, um, Alexander Zverev. Zverev uh, lost. Uh, he was number six ranked in Wimbledon. So I mean, he won the first set and then lost the other three badly. Pretty badly, yeah, pretty badly. Uh, but he's been on and off. Like he, he should be such a good him and this um, uh, and uh, I forget what his name is now. So I'm just gonna not say his name for now. Uh, but they should be like number one, and for some reason he just can't seem to find the next level in his game, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so it's a little shocking that he's out. It's a little unfortunate because he's a pretty good player. And then we still have all the other guys to play. Um, Fabio Fognini, my favorite Italian. Federer, my favorite player. Nadal says to play. We got a lot of tennis. And because it's only Monday, we can't update you on all. But in the women's side, Dan, there's something big that happened. For the most part... The matches were as expected, but then we get to Venus Williams, and probably the shock of the tournament 
uh, for a little while. Uh, Venus Williams was playing against the 15-year-old, and I'm looking for her name. Hold on. Hold on. Here it is. Um, 15-year-old Corey Goff. I think that's how you pronounce. She was born March 13, 2004, just to put it in perspective. Oh, come on. <laughs> and Venus Williams, in comparison, was born in... Uh, 1800? Wow. That's <laughs> kind of foul. 19, how about 1980? She's like a couple years older than you. Relax, she, buddy. A couple? She's eight, <laughs> almost a decade older Rel- than me. Re- almost. Not even. So relax. Uh <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, Venus Williams lost to a 15-year-old unranked player, which is pretty shocking. But Venus Williams is unranked herself, uh, as the as the Williams sisters kind of, I, don't, I hate to say this, but kind of like disappearing from the spotlight in tennis. Just, they're just too they're just too old. You can't keep up with the younger people most of the times. Federer found a way to do it, but that's a it's a rarity. Um, other news: Wozniacki advanced. Um, and yeah, everything else is for the most part, except for a couple uh, twenty-three and twenty-four ranked kind of players. What about the number two seed getting? Oh knocked yeah, out? Osaka. Yeah, I I don't really know who she is, um, and that's my own arrogance because I don't really follow women's tennis as much as I should. Twenty-one year old. Oh, she's only twenty-one. She's number two in the world. Naomi Osaka. Yeah, she was she was ousted uh, in straight sets too. That's pretty shocking. To see a, a top now is down. that person from Kazakhstan? I'm trying to re uh, look at the flag on the printer no, I have that, here. I believe Japan. I believe Osaka. No, not Japan. Osaka. The person who beat her. Oh, uh, Putseva. <laughs> Russia. Poop, poop. She's ru- Russian. Uh, I'm, she's I just Russian. looked at Moscow. Yeah, uh, that's a weird flag. I don't know. That is know. a weird flag. That's why I look yeah, at it. I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm like, oh, I'm like, where the hell is that? I don't. I don't know what flag that is. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to say her name. Uh, Solva, Siva, Putsinis. The Russian last names in this tournament are ridiculous. And uh, just look up and down the list. Potapova, Sevastova, Rabinika Rikakova. How about Rybarikova? That's why I was trying to put those three together because they all rhyme. Putanevsa, Potapova, Sevastova, Rabinika Rikakova. Shmidilova. Muchova, Vonda Rusova, <laughs> Set the Sova. Oh these, are, these, are, these are real names, by the way. Kurtamanitova. Buzkova. I can't even with these names. These are real names, people. These are not us joking around. We're reading off Alexandrova. Martinkova. Yeah, we can keep going. There's a lot of Russians in this one. Holy crap. But yeah, so that's a very early on Wimbledon. By next episode, we'll have a few rounds done. And then next week is the uh, final few rounds. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This should be good. Federer is the type of guy who plays very well in grass courts. So I, I if, he, if he's healthy, if he's on his game, he should be the favorite to win or one of the favorites to win. So I guess what we should do since we do this all the time is uh, predictions. What do you think? Okay. What um, do you think about for the men's? You don't have to go into like who's going to be in the final. Just like who do you think is going to come out of Wimbledon as champion? 
Who do I think is going to come out of Wimbledon as champion? Ooh, man. Um, for for the men's uh, bracket, for the men's bracket, I should say. Women's bracket's going to be tough. I have no Wim- idea. Women's bracket's going to be very tough. I completely agree. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say, I'm going to say my boy Roger Federer. I think, you know what? I watched him in the French Open. He went pretty deep into the French Open after not playing on clay court for years. Uh, and then he comes out the next tournament, struggles a little bit, but does very well. Um, I think Federer could win. But if it's not Federer, I think probably like a Djokovic. Uh, but I'm going to say Federer is going to win this one. So, you know me. I like to be kind of like the, out there with my picks, you know. If you say the Brewers, in- I'm leaving the show. <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers win Wimbledon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go with Dominic Team. Oh, that's a good pick. I like you know, that pick. I, I don't know what his grass court play is uh, is like, though. My only concern, right as of mm-hmm. right now, just from looking at his first round matchup, is the guy mm-hmm. he's playing is American, but he has a tendency to uh, provide upsets, and it's okay. uh, Sam Query. Oh, Sam oh, Query yeah. is playing team in the first round, and that yeah. is no easy task. No, I like Sam Query a lot, but um, ah oh, man, I, I I hear what you say. But I still give Team the advantage there, unless Team is I don't I don't know how he's been playing um, since the French Open. I really don't. Uh, but I mean, he made it all the way to the final in the French Open. He's on obviously on his game to an extent. So that's actually a really good pick. I admire that pick, Dan. I admire it. Well, you know, I saw how well he played in the French Open, and granted, French and Wimbledon are completely different, but. Very it's good. got it's yeah. got to, it's got to transfer at least a little bit that he has some sort of momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, Djokovic is definitely like would be like my second pick for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's a he's definitely gonna be a favorite. But uh, don't, I, I, don't, I like team. Don't sleep on Warinka either. And I'll tell you why Warinka is not by any by any means playing the best tennis of his life, but he plays pretty well. At Wimbledon, and if you're a good grass court player, even if you're not having a good season, it can really benefit you. And Warinka seems to be a good—I I think he's better on hard court, but he's pretty good on grass. Uh, so don't sleep on Warinka. That that could be an, uh, like an underdog because he's the 22nd ranked uh, in Wimbledon, which is really shocking. Because at one point a few years ago, Dan Warinka was a top five player. I mean, he was. We have the big three in tennis as well with Nadal, Djokovic, and Federer. Murray tried to be the fourth person, and he was for a little bit, but injuries have rattled him so badly. And then I don't know where Warinka kind of came in and was going to be the fourth, but injuries with him as well and age. He's not really old, but old enough. Uh, but keep an eye on Stanislas Warinka. I think uh, he might surprise some people. Yeah, you know, I do, I do like that that pick. You know, Warinka seems to show up for the majors. And, he definitely does. Yeah, and I feel he like does. he definitely has the game to take it to a Djokovic, take it to a Federer. I mean, Federer. I mean, he's going to be tough on grass. Um, Very tough. Yeah, this is his this is his bread and butter. This in hard court, but I mean, grass is his bread and butter. So he's not going to be uh, an easy an easy. Uh, well, I think he can win the whole the whole thing, honestly. Um, and then also, quickly for the women's, it's 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 very tough 
because the women's women's tennis is going through a, a remodel, if you will. Serena Williams is still in this. She's the 11th seed in Wimbledon, which is kind of bizarre. If you follow tennis, seeing a double-digit number next to her name is not uh, a normal thing. But I can say if Serena plays Serena tennis, Serena will win Wimbledon. I think a comeback story could happen. I don't know enough about women's tennis. I know Kerber from Germany is a very good player. Maybe Kerber, but I really don't know. Um, it would be cool to see, um, you know who Sloane Stevens is? I do. It would be cool to see her win because she's kind of been like hovering uh, between this good player and mediocre player. And if she can win a major, that'll solidify her as one of the best in the game right now. So I, I'd be pulling for like a Sloan Stevens. I don't know who's going to win though. Uh, for me, uh, just from what I've been reading, cause like you said, you know, I don't follow, I don't really follow tennis really much at all, but I will right. be watching this tournament and following it along. Sure. Um, the name that I keep hearing as the favorite for this tournament is Ashley Barty from mm. Australia. She's actually, oh, the, yeah. she's ranked number one. Yeah. Isn't she the one who won the French? She won yes. the French Open, didn't she? Yes, yeah. she did. That's a good. I forgot about that. And and you know, again, with for me, it's momentum. If she can continue playing at a high caliber level mm-hmm. with all these talented athletes, yeah, there's no telling what she's going to be able to do. Very true. What it, what what a story it would be too if Corey Goff, the one who beat Venus, if she goes all the way. <laughs> Oh, what what a story that would be. That would be a cool story. I want to get her on the podcast. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) Just just, just saying. Uh, Caroline Wozniacki, the the, um, ex-fiance of Rory McIlroy. I think that's another kind of sleeper pick because she's ranked 14th at Wimbledon this year, and I think she's a much better player than 14th. So maybe... Maybe it was Niaki. The problem with her is she's going to have to go through some tough players to get through. Although it's become a lot easier now that the number two pick is out. By the way, that flag is Kazakhstan. Um, Putsasneva is from Russia, but I don't know. That that might be a mistake, but that flag is Kazakhstan. That's what I so, thought. Yeah, I, I don't know why that. they have a Kazakhstan flag next to her because it's saying that she's from Russia. I don't. I know it's, it's like all it's like all the same country up there. Let's <laughs> be real. Uh, all right, so there's our picks. I, I, it's going to be an interesting tournament. Uh, hopefully, you do watch it because the chance to see Roger Federer win another one would be historic. It could be his last, honestly. It really could. You never know. Right. Uh, so before we go to break, I wanted to quick bring up the Women's World Cup. Sure. Yeah. Um, of course. What a game between Sweden and Germany. Oh, man. I, I saw the highlights. I, I, we were both right. Both of those teams were very good. Uh, Sweden is just a little better. And I had that feeling going into that, that they were just going to be a little bit better and they were going to end up beating Germany. And they did. Um, they beat them 2-1. to one. I didn't see the game, and I really wish I did because that seems like a really good game. Well, uh what ama- sorry, what amazes me is that I'm looking at the stats here. Germany had possession 64% and they lost that game. You know, possession 
doesn't always lead to a victory in soccer, but it definitely helps. Because if you control the ball for 64% of the game, that means for whatever 36% on the other side, um, you know, it's just less time. So what that means to me is that Sweden took their chances and they just scored on their chances. Or Germany uh, maybe didn't do anything with that possession. Because you can control the ball all you want, but if you don't do anything with it, if you just pass and pass and pass and pass, which I'm not saying happened because, like, like I said, I didn't actually see the game. But um, if you don't do anything with that possession, you can't win a soccer game. You You're have right. to, you have to do something. And and the like, Italy is famous for that possession thing. Uh, they will take a lead, like a one nothing lead, and then they will play this defensive style of uh, of soccer that is just them controlling the ball and passing among their players. It's the most boring way to play soccer, but that's how they win. Uh, I don't. I guess it just didn't work for Germany in this case. And what's funny though is if you if you're looking at these stats and you have no idea what the score is, you would think Germany won this game. Uh, oh yeah, they outshot Sweden thirteen to twelve. Their tar- uh, shots on target were each six. Uh, possession sixty four percent Germany. They had five hundred and thirty passes to Ooh. Sweden's three oh one. That's a lot of passes. Okay. The pass right. accuracy for Germany was 77% Ooh, to Sweden 68. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> uh, Germany had six fouls to Sweden's eight. Mm-hmm. Sweden only had the, had the only yellow card. There were no red cards. Three offsides for Germany to one Sweden. Five corners to Germany to three for Sweden. So looking at those stats, you think. Yeah, it seems man, like Germany, Germany dominated the game. Yep, like you said, Sweden just took advantage of their chances. Of whatever and, they had, yeah. And made the most of it. Exactly, and, and that's, that's all that's you can all do. Exactly. But, I mean, credit to Germany, because those are good numbers, and they should have probably won the game. Um, but Sweden just, like, yeah, they just managed to um, play a little better. And then the other game in that bracket uh, was Netherlands and Italy. And as expected, Italy, again, is not supposed... They weren't even supposed to make it this far. So the fact that they did is huge for their program because their their women's soccer program is apparently not that good. Uh, it was their first time making it into the quarterfinals in like 20-something years or something like that, which is weird for an Italian soccer team. But the Netherlands did stick it to Italy 2-0. Uh, I, that's not shocking to me at all. I uh, didn't expect it to go any other way. Um... What else we have? Oh, England and Norway, an hour in the United States bracket. That went uh, a little worse than I expected. England destroyed Norway 3 nothing. That's a little shocking. I thought that would be a closer game. Before we move on to USA-France, I wanted to bring up something real quick about that Netherlands-Italy game. Mm-hmm. The Netherlands had 20 shots. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> and nine of them went on target. And there was a combined between the two teams, 29 fouls. That's oh wow! That's a messy game. It's with a messy four, with game. four yellow cards, all going to Italy. Yeah, so Italy was just scrambling. What what it sounds like to me is that the Netherlands just controlled play, and Italy had to do something, and that means trying to get the ball back. And when you try to do stuff like that, you cause a lot of penalties. <laughs> yeah, and twenty and shots you, is a lot for uh, for soccer, Dan. That's and, a lot of shots. And then even the England Norway game: sixteen mm-hmm. shots for England and twelve for Norway. Yeah, that's a, a lot of offense. But Norway did nothing. 
with that. Nothing at all. And percentage was 51% for England, 49 for Norway. So that that's was and, pretty, yeah, and that's close. What's amazing is that England just dominated from the sounds of it even though they only had 2% more possession. Yeah. Yeah, I mean 3 nothing for a soccer game is uh pretty pretty dominant. Uh so, but again, I I don't think that's shocking to many people England was definitely the favorite. Uh so they they advanced and then of course the United States and France. I really wish I had gotten to see this game. Uh, for what I understand, it was a really good game. I don't. Uh, this one was another one, Dan. 20 shots for France. 20 shots for France, 10 for the U.S. Possession was all France. Passes was all France. Pass accuracy was all France. Fouls was uh, more for the U.S. Um France had more offsides and, and more corners too, but 20 shots, five on target. That's your difference. The United States, 10 shots, eight on target. That's how you win the soccer game. Yep. Just getting them on the net. Yep. It's, and, like, uh, it's like when like you and I are big hockey guys. What are, what do your coaches say growing up? Shoot the oh, puck on net. Get don't, it on net. Get it, get it on net. Don't yep. miss the net. Missing the net is going to do nothing. Just get it on net. Even if you're a defenseman and you're at the point, you just dump it to the net because it might skip, it could get deflected, something. Something happens. Uh, if you're going to shoot the, the ball 70, or, uh, 75, what the, where did that come from? 20 shots or 20 times and you're only going to put it on net five, you're not going to win many games. No. The, US, the U.S. did their job. They had no possession. They got outplayed, it sounds like, but they won two to one. So... Again, not not the greatest. Uh, Megan Rapinoe is killing it, by the way. She, she if if there's any MVP, if they win the whole oof. thing, she's the oh, MVP. Yeah. It's it's, she's, it's hands down. It's not even. A she question scored at this point. the last four goals for the United States. Yeah, That's she she's incredible. Pl- she's playing lights out at the yeah. at, right now. In so, best soccer of her life. Our semifinal matchups is Netherlands versus Sweden and uh, England versus the United States. Uh, the final is on Sunday, like you said, so it's kind of perfect for us. So, what's your final prediction going into uh, like? Because now it's altered a little bit. So, you have a new winner for the uh, Women's World Cup. What do you think? Yeah, because unfortunately, my pick Germany got got toasted yeah, by gone. Sweden. Um, so, who do you got? I think at this point, with these four, I got to go U.S. Yeah, you, you have to. The the just the, they're playing smart soccer. They're making good decisions, and on top of that, they're, um, like you said, they're getting they're getting good shots, and they're not just mm-hmm. taking shots to take them. They're taking shots because they have right. an opening. Right. They're ten. I mean, eight for ten on that are on target. Eighty percent as opposed good. to five out of twenty. Of twenty, yeah. Uh, I'm go- I'm sticking with the U.S. as well. Uh, do not be surprised if Sweden wins the World Cup. Because they, from everything I've seen, they're they're, they're a very good team. Uh, I I would like a rematch of Sweden versus the U.S. in the finals. That'd be kind of cool, uh, since they both left the same group. So it's a group rematch. Uh, that'd be cool. Uh, U.S. has to go through England though, and that's not going to be easy. And for us, because we're recording this on Monday, the game is tomorrow at 3 p.m. So I'll get to we'll be able to watch it hopefully. So, uh, yeah. So we're both going with the U.S. We'll see. We'll see next week what happens. So we're going to just take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the craziness that was day one of the NBA free agency. And we're, we got a we got an interesting story of a young golfer from the Midwest 
who experienced so much tragedy yet was able to overcome it. So you stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. Welcome back, everybody, from our first break. So we're going to jump right back into it uh, and talk about the craziness that was the NBA free agency day one. It was just ridiculous. As it's soon as unreal. 6 o'clock as soon as six o'clock hit, it was like a free-for-all. And, it's crazy. And they were, and they were saying there was an uh, analyst on ESPN who said that the amount of available cap space between all the teams in the NBA mm-hmm. was $500 million. Just, so they said it was going to be one of the most historic free agent uh, days the, in history. Yeah, because the players that were all potentially on the move are huge players. Uh, I don't even know where you want to start with this, uh, Dan, but <laughs> I'm looking through the list right now. The entire NBA moved. <laughs> the entire <laughs> NBA is is like, and these are notable players, by the way. I, I'm shocked. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where you're going to start with this, but go ahead and uh, w- w- what happened? I think, the, happened. I think the big one for me has got to be Kevin Durant. I um, think that's where you have to start, right? You have to. And I think the big story here, Tom, is the fact that um, there was a piece from Durant after he announced he was going to sign with the Nets that he felt disrespected by Golden State. I I believe some I you know what I I believe that there was something wrong. There had to be, there had to be uh, after the way that they handled that whole situation in the finals, and there was rumors that there was issues beforehand as well. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not the most surprising thing in the world. So that's unfortunate for the for the for the Warriors, but um, Durant saw an opportunity, and that opportunity also involves four years at 164 million dollars. By the way, just so it's, a ridiculous he, contract. He's he's getting paid. We'll put it that way. And then on top of that, another team a person going to the Nets. And honestly, Celtics fans are yeah. glad he's gone. Kyrie Irving signed with the Nets as well. Yeah, Celtic fans are happy he's gone, but he's still a good basketball player. Oh, he's a phenomenal basketball player, but he was not right for Boston, and I'll tell you why. All the from what I've heard is that in the locker room, he was a very big time pessimist. Mm-hmm. So whenever you know, you think he, you're the top dog on the team, right? So he's the top player of the Celtics. There was no doubt about it that he was the best player the Celtics had. Sure. If you're down, say going into halftime, you're down 15. Instead of going in there and firing people up, getting your people ready to go for the second half, apparently he sat in there and sulked. Sulked. He just mm. would sit, sit in the corner, put on headphones, and not even be part of the team. Like the other, wow. uh, his other teammates would be, you know, talking each other up, being like, "We got this. We can do this." Like Al Horford actually had to step in as like the quote unquote leader to get the young guys kind of like riled up and ready to go. While Kyrie sat in the corner and was just, he was a loner. He just, like, didn't want any part of it. That's unfortunate. And what blew my mind the most, Tom, was this. When there was talks that Kyrie was not going to re-sign. Right. Celtics players anonymously, I'm guessing as most of those younger guys, said that if Kyrie was to sign with someone else, they will help him pack. Ha! 
Wow. Oof. Talk so about how a, fractured he, that relationship was. Yeah. He's not. It doesn't sound like he's much of a team player, unfortunately. No. So good luck to the Nets. I mean, uh, yeah. You know, hopefully I mean, he works out better for you than he did for us. But God, he. If just... that matchup works, if Durant and Irving among the rest of the team, which was already you know a half decent team, if that works, you're looking at a potential another another dynasty. Uh, I mean, because th- those two players have the potential to lead the team to to an NBA championship. And it's weird that it's to the Nets. It's not weird, really, because it's Brooklyn and all that. But it's weird just like because it, it seems like out of nowhere, now the, now all of a sudden the Nets are a contender. You know, they weren't right. a contender. And then in the blink of an eye, now they're a contending team for the championship. On top of Isn't, that, Tom, they added DeAndre Jordan. I, I know. I, I know. It's it's amazing how that happened. That was the most fascinating thing to me. And then, if you want to talk about the Golden State Warriors, you you can't even feel bad because they got somebody too. They got D'Angelo Russell. That's not a bad player. <laughs> no, he's not a bad player at all. Not now, even slightly. Uh, I, I got the sportingnews.com. It's like a, a, the, the tracker, and this is the whole deal with with Russell. The others so far are just them signing contracts. D'Angelo Russell agrees to a four-year, $117 million contract with the Warriors as part of a sign-and-trade with the Nets. Uh, Travion Graham and Shabazz Napier uh, are going to Golden State from Brooklyn. Golden State is sending Napier, Graham, and Cash to Minnesota. The Warriors are sending uh, Andre Iguodala and a future first-round pick to Memphis. So there was a lot involved in that. That's why I wanted to read that. But D'Angelo yeah. Russell is taking over. It's just another all-star to that team. So they're not even going to miss a beat. Because I think, didn't Clay Thompson resign for 190 yeah. mil? 190 mil? What is that? How many years was that? Uh, I believe they said it was a five-year contract. Dan, it, was, it was either four or five years from what so I was that's saying. A, actually, that's $38 million. That's not even as much as Durant's forty-one million a year. Forty-one million a year. By the way, <laughs> yeah, that's just—it's just done. It's a lot. Yep, it's a five, lot year, five years, one hundred and ninety mil. Okay, right. yeah. So that's thirty. That's thirty-eight million a year. Um, I mean, rightfully so. He's one of the, the one of the leaders in that team. Uh, so who, what else happened? There was, there was other big news. Yeah, there was big news, and it actually has nothing to do with an actual player. It actually okay. has to do with a franchise. Okay. Because the article that I have here, and I think you'll know where I'm going with this, is the New York Times. Oh, boy. And my God, are they upset with About the New the York Knicks. Knicks. <laughs> Stephen what a. Smith. Not? Stephen A. Smith. I want to say he became near suicidal. Oh, no. He had, I'll send you the video later, but he had one of the biggest meltdowns oh, no. on Twitter. Like, oh, not no. by like tweeting anything he took a video of himself where it literally looked like he was almost in tears talking about how upset he was with the next and how they're just like (laughs) labeled as mediocrity or something along those lines but like why what what was the reason because well well, no because if you think about it like you said the free agent pool this season Huge. It's better than it's been in ever. years. I want I, I want to almost say ever. This is a lot of talent. <laughs> a lot of and, talent. And, and their top signing was Julius Randle. Dan, I, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who the hell that is. 
<laughs> he's a former LA Laker. But when your top signee is oh, boy, Julius Randle, they got Taj Gibson from I mean, from Minnesota. Come on, Taj. That's when I guys like player? Kyrie, Kemba, DeAndre Jordan, Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. Um, they go and Kevin get Durant. Bobby Portis. <laughs> What's so funny about this article is that there are different parts of the article where they talk about how um, the Knicks front office are sorry to disappoint the fans. <laughs> and it's labeled all over the article. So it says, the Knicks are sorry to disappoint fans, but don't worry, they plan to sign Julius Randle and Taj Gibson. And New York Knicks fans are coming out being like, you know what? Screw you. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> You could take your Julius Randle and Taj Gibson. How about you raise up maybe a Kawhi Leonard or somebody? (laughs) For the love of God. Also, I I have to say, this is uh, not totally, this is actually not Nick related at all, but uh, the Mavericks, who actually did a decent, they they had a decent day. Uh, They also got, yeah, and they got the Walmart Steph Curry, and they got Seth Curry. Hey, hey, no knocking Seth Curry. He is actually a very good player. And fine, actually, fine. He, He's he the actually, target version of Steph Curry. Fine. He, is that better? He, he actually competed pretty well with with Seth, uh, not Seth, with Steph in terms of three-point shooting. He was a really good three-point shooter in Portland. And he was one of the re- bench players that helped them get through their run in the playoffs. He actually did a pretty good job. All right, well, good. And then the, to add to the Knicks, they got this. Uh, they got Alfred Payton. Who? <laughs> Who? Who the hell are these people? The Knicks? What are you doing? Who are these people? <laughs> are you trying to lose eighty-two games? Is that your goal? Because if you if that's your goal, congratulations, you might have done it. Holy I, I, crap! I, I, I gotta say, Tom, this off season for the Knicks. Has probably been Oof. one of the worst in their history. For, first of all, you have the worst record in the NBA last year. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, we're a shoo-in to get Zion. You have Knicks fans going and getting <laughs> Zion Williams tattoos. <laughs> and next thing you know, they end up with the third pick in the draft. Yep. And yep. all of a sudden, all those Knicks fans look like complete morons who went out and got like the Zion tattoos. Yeah, yeah you don't do that, by the way. You don't get tattoos of sport players. You know why? Because especially I'm listen, Dan, step aside. I'm gonna talk to New York sport fans for a second. Y'all are idiots, and I'll tell you why. No stinking New York sport team has ever kept players except the New York Yankees. Every team drops these players all the time anyway. Trust me. The Rangers traded Brian Leach. Alright? All I'm saying is don't get tattoos of players ever because <laughs> it's a dumb idea. It's a really, really dumb idea, especially if you're a Knicks fan. How are you so clueless? The Knicks are trash, and you should know this. Oh, my God, it's so frustrating. <laughs> to, to think that the Knicks haven't been really relevant since Patrick Ewing played for them is pr- pretty it's, sad. That's so bad. Well, no, they didn't. They was that uh, ninety four was because they did make it to the cha- or almost to the championship. Yeah, or it was, to the it was in the early early to mid nineties. Yeah, ninety four because it was the same year as the Rangers made it to the cup. There were it was like everybody was talking about oh the Knicks and the Rangers might win the the championship, which didn't happen because of the Knicks. 
him being the Knicks. Uh, I guess to add to all this, because you summed it up pretty well, Kawhi Leonard and DeMarcus Cousins, uh, as well as Danny Green, are the top three uh, players left uh, unsigned at the moment. The and only way Co- they salvage the only way they salvage this free agency if they get all three. That's all the only. Three. That's the only that, way they salvage it. And to be honest, I saw Demarcus Cousins play. He's not really good, so he's perfect. Nick, so sign Demarcus Cousins. He'll have fun in New York. Danny Green, I don't know, uh, but Kawhi Leonard, don't go to the Knicks. Just go to L.A. Do the thing. Win a couple championships. Solidify your career, <laughs> or resign with Toronto. That I would, I'd prefer. I'd prefer him to stay with Toronto personally. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with you. I, that'd be kind of cool, but I I don't. It doesn't sound like it's gonna happen, I, which is kind of unfortunate. We'll see though. Weirder things have happened, Dan. Weirder things have happened. But anyway, yeah, this has been crazy. My phone was blowing up all day long. Today. Oh, I I saved the amount of messages. I think I had almost thirty uh, so from Bleacher oh, Report. Derek, even though Derrick Rose is kind of done, his career is kind of done, uh, but uh, he did sign with the Pistons. That was, you know, sort of did, news. Did, really. is, that, is that where he wants to go for his career to die? I mean, listen, it kind of died already, so it <laughs> 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 don't have to die anymore. I love, I love how they write it here as Rose, a former MVP award winner, <laughs> mm. to mm. make it sound Oof. way bigger than it actually is. Oh, uh, Kemba Walker signed with yes. the Celtics. That's big I'm for you guys. Very excited about yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of shocking. I don't, I don't think I saw anybody say that he was going to go to Celtics. So that's cool. Uh, Jimmy Butler is going to the Heat. Okay, uh, and Al Horford agrees to a four-year, one hundred nine million dollar contract with the Seventy Sixers. <sighs> I'm not happy about that. And there's more, by the way, and we could go on for another twenty minutes. That's how many things happened today. Uh, but we're not gonna because you can you have Google you can do it yourself, listener. Uh, but it's been it has been crazy. <laughs> so anyway, where do you think before we move on? Where do you think Kawhi Leonard is going? I think I think he ends up with Toronto. I think he I Ooh, think he resigns. Okay. I think he has enough people behind him to stay. The one thing that bothers me is the fact that the mayor of Toronto came out and said stop bothering Kawhi. I think I think that. Shrouds a problem. I think no. the Canadian fans no. are, are. I think the Canadian fans are a little overzealous. No, no. listen, they're Canadians. Okay, that's a, they. He's pretty much apologizing. That's what Canadians do. So that's that's not shocking. But they they want him. They don't. The fans don't want him to go. I mean, no. They just want a championship. It's like normally when a team wins a championship, they retain those players for a little while. And in this case, it's like the exact opposite for some reason because it's Toronto. But I think Kawhi Leonard's going to L.A. because uh, general manager LeBron James is doing work, and there's no way that he's done. And if it's not Kawhi, I don't think it's going to be Cousins. Maybe Danny Green. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the Lakers are done. And if they can sign, I don't know if they even can sign Leonard, but if they can, they're going to go after him. And I think he will end up like there. And then all of a sudden the NBA is up up in the air. You have no idea who's going to win next year because you're going to have a stacked Warriors team, a stacked Nets team, a stacked Lakers team. It's just going to be a weird, weird year. But yeah, it's it, been it, fun. It's it, been fun it, so it, far. It, yeah, and there's still definitely more to come, especially with with Kawhi still out there, um, mm-hmm. potentially ready to strike somewhere. 
Yep, um, yep. But before we get to our final thoughts and wrap up, I wanted to bring up a story that it was kind of like heart wrenching but heartwarming at the same time. It's kind of it's mm-hmm. kind of kind of like got both. Uh, it's this gentleman named Nate Lashley. He's a PGA Tour player who just went wire to wire to win the Rocket Mortgage Classic this past weekend uh, with a final score of 25 under par. Wow. Let's let's put it that way. He had two 63s, by the way. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Um, what's amazing is before he came back to golf back in about 2015, he was flipping houses in the Midwest. Oh, really? He was flipping houses. Yeah. Oh, man. That's um, crazy. What was what's crazy is um, he went to a regional tournament when he was in college at the University of Arizona and played in a tournament in 2004. His parents were heading back to Nebraska, where Nat Lashley's from, and uh, both his parents and his girlfriend at the time, um, they cr- the plane crashed and they all died. Wow. Wow. And, and that was after seeing him play in a regional tournament when he was in, in college. Um, just that's a, that's a, devastating. Just a traumatizing event. Oof. Uh, for him to take, uh, you know, I know it was 15 years ago, but 15 years later, and he's now officially a PGA Tour member because he's won on the PGA Tour, to be able yeah. to come back from all that is it's ama- that. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. I mean, that's that's a lot. Like, if your mom dies because of cancer or something, and then years later your dad dies, you know, at least you had time to, like, mourn. You know what I mean? But when your parents and your girlfriend – you said girlfriend or, like, fiancé? Uh, girlfriend at the time. If they – they all die at the same time. Like, I, I can't even fathom what that is, what, what, what that's like, and how you recuperate as a human. And like, on top of that, I Tom, could. they couldn't find the plane. Oh, so then, wow, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then this guy pushes through and, and he, does he actually, what he did. He actually quit golf when he turned 30. He's now 36, Smart. and he actually is only in his second year officially on the PGA Tour wow. at age 36. What was and his he, name again? Nate Lashley. Nate Lashley, okay. Um, I know who to root for forever now. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's really an amazing thing, and I'll pull yeah. up. His stats from the tournament this past weekend. I when I say he's lighting up this golf course, he was lighting up this golf course. To be able to go out there and shoot not one but two sixty threes. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. He went sixty three, sixty seven, sixty three, seventy. <laughs> Bad final round. What the hell? What yeah, he there? he only he only went two under, but he he finished the tournament at twenty five under par. Second second place was 19 under. He had a six stroke win, and the guy who came in second shot Wait, what, five under on Sunday. What tournament? What tournament was this? The Rocket Mortgage Classic. Okay, I mean, relatively new tournament. I am not gonna poo poo this win at all. Not gonna do it. But what's with those scores? What 25, 19 is second. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what is this golf course? A mini golf course? Um, that's that's insanity. Rory, um, uh, you know it's an easy golf course when Rory, Rory Sabatini shoots four under and he ends up at eighteen under for the tournament. Oh my god! Patrick Reed came back came back to life. Oh my god! He's yeah, finished it, at seventeen it, under. These scores are ridiculous. I, I 
25 under is uh, is like utterly insanity. But the fact that he he, he scored a 25 under par and only won by six is actually kind of frightening. Like this golf course, they need to do something about that. Those scores, that's such a boring golf tournament. <laughs> I will say this. One guy that you and I have both talked about, and this could be potential talk, and this is why I wanted to talk about it going forward when we talk about the Open. Victor Hovland went eight oh, yeah. under on Sunday. Uh, what did he finish with? Do you have that? 15 under. Wow, good for him. And he's officially a pro now, by the way. He 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 uh, got rid of his amateur status, so he's an official pro now. So, yeah, I don't know. How about it? And he's going up to, you know, Europe. I don't know how the golf courses are similar or how they differ in, where is he from, Norway? He's from uh, Norway, I believe. Norway. Yes. Uh, I don't know how they differ from England, but I feel like European courses have, like, their own kind of feel to it. So maybe he will do pretty well. Well to, well, to tell you something, though, you know, you talk about how his final score being 25 under. I mean, yeah. if, if you are if you shoot nine under in a tournament for the four days, you think yeah. you're, you're, you're going to be in pretty good standing, right? You should be in, like, a top 10, at least a top 10 if you shoot nine under, yeah. Just to name some guys who are around the 9-10 under mark, uh, Anirban Lahiri, uh, Ricky Fowler, Luke Donald, Kevin Kisner, Nick Watney, Brendan Steele, uh, let me see. There's some other ones on here. Uh, well, Jimmy Walker was at actually a 13 under. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Lee, JB Holmes, Cameron Smith were all around the 9, think 10, about, 11, 12 under par. Think about leaving a, an event 10 under par and like you almost missed the cut. Because <laughs> the cut had to be under par. It had to be under par. The, 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 cut, the cut was four under. Four under? What is that? <laughs> what is that? That's not a, that's not a golf tournament. Oh my god! No, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it because this kid deserved this guy. He's not a kid; he's older than us. Uh, he deserved to win clearly. Uh, played an amazing uh, tournament, and plus the story alone is just like heart wrenching, like you said. Uh, but holy crap, this event! <laughs> it's like the ju- it's like worse than the John Deere Classic. And that's 20, bad. 25 under par, like, what? <laughs> but he only won by six, Dan. Yeah. It's like, that's not fair. He should have won by 20. <laughs> should have won by six. Ugh, whatever. It's a great story. Uh, congratulations. Um, uh, oh, I forgot his name. Nate Lashley. Lashley. Congratulations. I, I hope to see him continue to play well. It would be cool if he comes and wins another tournament or two. That would be really cool. Now, the question is, with that win, does that uh, allow him to play in the Open? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll I don't know do if it's cer- I don't know if it, I don't know if it's certain tournaments that you have to win to be eligible for the Open. But, I mean, being a PGA Tour winner, I mean, should be a qualifier, at least. Uh, Nate Lashley earns Open spot following Emotional mm-hmm. Rocket Mortgage Classic. There you go. Good for so him. So he will be in the Open Championship. That's very cool. Very, very cool. I'm, 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 think about that for a second if you're him. To go <laughs> from all the tragedy that he went through, wins oh, a yeah. tournament, and then finds out he's in the U- in the British Open. Just wait. It's uh, if, if he does decently well in the first couple of days, um, 
the whole world is going to pull for him, I think. If enough people know about this story, which uh, hopefully they do. Golf fans will know it. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. That would be really cool. Uh, it's just it's a it's a it's a really sad story, Dan. It really is, but at the same time, it's heartwarming to f- oh yeah f- to be able to find the adversity to come back from all that. It's it's right. truly mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and con- uh, congratulations, Nate, on on your big win. I mean, that's amazing. Um, we're we're big fans, big fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just found out who you were or who you are, but I'll be rooting for you. That's for damn sure. Uh, so we are going to take our last break. When we come back, we're going to talk final thoughts and our wrap-up. So stay tuned. Ooh. Well, everybody, it's been a great show. It's been a great run. Talked a lot of sports today. A lot of sports. God, it seems like every week it's more and more stuff. And then I have a feeling as soon as these major events like Wimbledon and the Women's World Cup are over, then all of a sudden we're going to be like, oh, now we have to talk about baseball because there's nothing left to talk about. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll fill it in with stories and stuff Not like necessarily that. true. The football season starts in August. Yeah. Oh, listen. <laughs> Relax. We're not, we're not there yet. I don't want to talk about football right now <laughs> because, because that football is like, oh, God, it's forever, ever. And then my Jets, you know what? Breaking news. I just got this message on my phone. Breaking news. The Jets have missed the playoffs for next season. They already announced <laughs> that they're out of the playoffs. Oh, come on. What do you mean, come on? <laughs> now, we'll, we'll be okay this year, I think. We'll probably be like uh, maybe barely above 500 and miss the playoffs because we're just trash. Um... What? What am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> uh, Hi, Dan. What, what, what are your final thoughts on the episode today? Oh, uh, the Jets suck. The Mets suck. The Knicks suck. <laughs> the Rangers do not suck. The Rangers do not suck. They do not. But, but we, didn't, I don't, we didn't even talk about this. The Rangers just signed Artemi uh, Pan- Panarin. Panarin. They traded VC to the bill uh, to the Bills. Oh, you see what you did? You put football on my head. Uh, to the Sabers. I mean, they're not much better. <laughs> they're just as bad. They, their fan base jumps through tables for fun. Like, come and on. Now we have Panarin, Zabinijad, and Kako on the first line. What about Buzinovich on the second line? Uh, yeah, with Kreider. Uh, I mean, that's. Oh. <laughs> 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 Whoa! I, no. I'm I'm sincerely excited about this. Uh, I mean, the Rangers last year announced this is going to be a long rebuild process. Stick with us, in a few years we'll be good. And then a year later, they're like, "Nope, we got Kako." I I think what happened was the Rangers got the second round pick, and they were like, "Oh well, now we don't have to really worry about rebuilding. We got a rebuilding piece. Now we got to go and get people." So they get Panarin, who's like 27 or 26. He's still pretty young. Uh, and then you, you add Jacob Truba, who's still pretty young. Rangers might have just created a team that might be fierce. I'm, I'm really excited. So that's number one. Uh, Nate Lashley, it's a cool story. I, you're very good at finding these stories, Dan, because I appreciate like, that. Because I, I don't think I would have found out about that because I didn't watch this event. Thank God I didn't watch that event. Oh my God. Um, I, I kind of wish I had seen it just to see him win, but I don't want to watch a thousand birdies. That's boring as shit. 
Um, but congratulations, Nate Lashley. That's an amazing story. I only hope for the best uh, in the future. Um, go USA, USA, USA. Hope they. I hope. I hope we can pull out a World Cup win and uh, Wimbledon. Yeah, Wimbledon started, and I'm a happy, happy boy because of it. So I, I want to bring something up real quick when you bring up Panarin. I, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to confirm his age, right? And, I, and I'm looking yeah. him up. He, he is 27. He's going to be 28 in October. Okay, so he's 27 now. Okay. He ha- he might have one of the best nicknames in sports. Do you know What's what his nickname? nickname is? Breadman, I think. The Breadman. It's even more of the Breadman now that he's bringing home this money. <laughs> well, and you know why he's called the Breadman? Uh, be- no. Because he serves it up, number one. That that because he's mm-hmm. he's a playmaker. Number mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. bread in Spanish is pan, P A N. Oh, okay. With his last name being Panarin. Okay. And also, they said his former teammates, um, Panarin sounded like Panera, and Panera oh. was known for their bread. <laughs> Panera bread. So they okay. called him the bread man. <laughs> that's that's actually pretty awesome. Uh, hey, other hockey news that we kind of didn't talk about because of the free agency and, and the NBA was so crazy, but the free agency in the in, in the NHL has been just as wild. Uh, Matt Duchesne leads us off with a seven-year, $56 million contract with the Nashville Predators. That's kind of out of the blue. Um, the Panthers signed uh, former Blue Jackets uh, elite goalie Sergei Bobrovsky to a seven-year, $66.5 million contract. Um, Joe Pavelski signs with the Dallas Stars. And my boy, Matt Zuccarello, five-year contract, $30 million to the Minnesota Wild. I'm so happy for him. I really am. Five-year contract, 30 mil. I mean, it's about the same money that he'll be making as he did with the Rangers, but he's going going to a team that can 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 compete for you know they'll at least probably make the playoffs. Uh, very cool. Uh, even Corey Perry is going to the Stars. Did you hear that? I did. Uh, I mean, that's phenomenal. <laughs> I. It's a big move for them. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of moves happened. A lot of moves happened in the NHL, but we can't cover that as much because um, the NBA kind of stole the day. It, they really did. But overall, you know, it's going to be fun next couple months with you know Wimbledon finishing up. You got uh, the Open Championship coming up. That's coming uh, up. Uh, I'm really just uh, loving the amount of sports talk we were able to talk in, even in the off season. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, because even though it's off season for our main sports, it's not off season for the rest of the sports, and that's kind of why I wanted to get you more into tennis and stuff like that. Because tennis is always going on, always. It's it's like golf; it's year round. So if, there's always something to talk about there. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just I'm really happy we we're able to cover, uh, you know, all these sports when you know hockey and uh, football Soccer. are, are not on and soccer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's really great. And, you know, as always, it's always a blast. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Ride the Pine. Uh, make sure to follow us, if you haven't already, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ride the Pine mm-hmm. Pod. Also, make sure to check out our merch on TeePublic. Um, you can find it there. Very comfortable. This Friday, Tom, I'll be, get, I'll be getting your shirt. Ah! 
Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, you got to rip the show. Um, I, I, and I definitely will. Um, and anything, uh, anything else you want to add? Um, yes. Uh, I am reading. I, I've been reading a book about anti gravity, and uh, it's impossible to put down. Got <laughs> <laughs> it because uh, it's anti gravity. I put it down. got it. <laughs> God, every week. <laughs> Every week, I have to put up with this. <laughs> that delay, I can just—I felt the eye roll. I felt it from across the from across the northeast. I felt the eye roll. Yeah, you also uh, felt me putting my hands on my temples. Yeah, like yeah, ugh. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like God, why did I pick him? <laughs> oh, for God's sakes! Uh, so, thank you again, everybody, for tuning in, and yep. we will talk to y'all next week. Have Woo-hoo. a great week, everybody, and happy Fourth.